0: Furthermore, you ought to stick to playing normal modes of music, not wild stuff. Those we would find acceptable here would include Lawrence Welk, Jim Neighbors, Mattelvani. Percy Faith. Percy Faith, good! Andy Williams, Perry Como, and certain ballads by Mr. Frank Sinatra. Would Bob Dylan be out of line? Way, way, way out of line. It's upon a time it so fine. Do the bumps of in your
1: prime. It's Wednesday, August thirteenth, two thousand fourteen, and this is Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social. I'm Eric, and I'm Ted. And this week in Oxnard, California, joint practices
2: between the Dallas Cowboys and the Oakland Raiders took place in front of a massive police presence, due to the fact that Oxnard's two largest gangs actually wear the colors of the Dallas Cowboys and the Oakland Raiders. You're standing right now with nine delegates. <laughs> from a hundred games. Well, <laughs> and there's over a hundred more. <laughs> well, it turns out the two biggest games at this practice were, in fact, the Dallas Cowboys and the Oakland Raiders. They sure were. As massive fights <laughs> broke out on day one and then continued today.
0: Come
2: out to play. <laughs> For real. And, uh, and what could be accurately called the most Raider move ever, a Raider fan got into the act... Uh, by striking a Dallas player with a Raider helmet because it was so close to the where the fans were.
1: See, that's a great... That, I'm glad you said that because when I first read this story, I didn't know if this guy actually brought a Raider helmet with him and, and started <laughs> yeah. smacking stuff around. And yeah. started swinging around willy-nilly. Oh, But, you know... this is kind of like the icing on the cake for me I think I have to I have to forsake the Dallas Cowboys hold your tongue (laughs) no seriously forget about the Raiders really first of all listen (laughs) the, the Raiders everything about this franchise is just utterly worthless and it has been for decades at this point the ownership the retreaded players the asinine fan base yes of course you are Yours and my seven-year-old son's Darth Vader masks are horrifyingly scary. <laughs> They're an embarrassment to sports, but the cowboys the cowboys always stood for something. The cowboys always stood. stood yeah stood <laughs> for something, and you know, forgive me when I was a child
0: <laughs>
1: and the Dallas being a Dallas Cowboys fan meant something. But seriously, when I was a kid and I became a Dallas Cowboys fan, it was Roger Staubach, it was the flex defense, it was Randy White, it was Tom Landry, it was America's team, team, all of it, yeah. (laughs) And being with the Cowboys was was pretty awesome, and there was always hope. They're always going to be hanging around there at the end of the season. 19 years they haven't made the playoffs. Do you know what they did this year for season ticket holders? uh, Regale me. (laughs) (laughs) They sent out a full complement of playoff tickets. Yep to every single one including an NFC championship home game playoff tickets well now now
2: this sounds like a, a heartwarming story I, I like where you're going so so you're telling me that you know for all the turmoil that that they put these fans please through please they're, make this heartwarming well, for me right yeah they're, please. they're so they're so they're pretty much saying that if they make the playoffs let alone a home NFC championship game they're giving these season ticket holders tickets I- like, thank uh, you. Uh, yeah. Thank you for hanging in there and still being a season ticket holder. Uh, come to the game for free. Are you insane? Did well, you, you said they, they sent it to them, so They sent
1: them. That's very presumptuous, so I imagine they're giving them. Well, of course, away. They'll, they'll charge these season ticket holders when those games, what? if those games become available. So, they, so they're paying for them. The season ticket holders will have to pay for these tickets, yes, eventually. Hey,
2: man, there's no justice.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't that Justice. be so nice of, of like, the general manager,
2: Jerry Jones?
1: See, now, this, you, 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 now you're going too far. This is the point. This is the point. This is what makes me think I need to forsake this team. Okay. Like, I, I've gotten to 40, 41 years old now. I've honestly been You're a, old. I am old. <laughs> I, I've been a lifer. I am a Cowboys fan from the time I was literally, like, could watch football. Mm-hmm. And every single year for, say, the last... Well, 15 years, I keep looking at this team
0: <laughs> and going,
1: what was Einstein's uh, uh, definition of insanity? Was Doing do- the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Okay, great. Then Jerry Jones, by that definition, is the craziest it, person on the planet. The man mm-hmm. is absolutely, unquestionably, without a doubt, fucking
2: insane. Insane. So, a- so you're prepared right now, mm-hmm. on the air, everybody listening here. All our ice cream social fans. Mm. You're telling them that you are going to forsake the
1: Dallas Cowboys uh, fandom. You are off the bandwagon. That's it. Listen, first of all, I drive the bandwagon. Everybody jumps on mine. Mm. But how about this? I'll go as far as to say this. I will, in fact, forsake the Dallas Cowboys until the Dallas Cowboys follow my very modest list of demands. A list of demands. From Ted to the Dallas Cowboys, correct. Now,
2: does one of them include like not partying with uh, you know the head of the NFL officials, uh, or, <laughs> or maybe and, and again, call me crazy, uh, but maybe hiring a general manager is is that one of them?
1: Now, do you, I, I can I can launch into this right this minute because I, this is like this. Is no, a, please, this is a blood boiling thing for me. Please, okay, all right. Number one, first and foremost, you hit it right on the head, Jerry Jones. This is my unwritten open letter to you. Dear Mr. Jones, I, I I'm not doing Counting Crows, whatever. No matter what. <laughs> that's one of the things written on our wall: no Counting Crows. Um, he wants to be a lion. <laughs> he dated Courtney Cox. Yeah. Um, hire a real GM. Oh, okay. So that
2: you think that's you know that's a kind of a key to a winning franchise.
1: Well, all right. When when the Patriots had come right from the Bill Parcells era. And, and yep. the reason why I'm bringing the Patriots up is twofold. One, it's right in our in our neighborhood. It's yeah, our wheelhouse. Our but the other thing is, Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft are real close friends.
2: Yes, they okay? are.
1: Okay? They are pretty much like the straw that stirs They're, the besties. They're besties. They're besties. <laughs> they are incredibly close, and Jerry Jones wants to mimic and, and sort of mirror some of the things that the Patriots are trying to do. Okay. And, and by the way, if he's trying to mirror them, considering that a mirror is an opposite reflection, he's done exactly he's done, that. Yeah, he's, he's the nail them on the perfectly. Head. Good for him. He, it's uh, working. Yeah. He's so, doing the opposite. Remember when Bill Parcells was here and during that Super Bowl he had interviewed yep. with the Jets, uh, the Super Bowl in 1995, yeah, 96 season. Yeah. Um, and so he basically loses the Super Bowl, goes right to the Jets. Bob Kraft, in a very short-sighted move brings on Pete carroll at the time yeah and, and takes, i think he got a bad rap by the way but but one of the problems was that uh bob Kraft wanted to get in the mix yes he
2: yes he did and see him on the sidelines a little bit too
1: involved yeah and if you will the uh-huh. war room the sidelines like uh player acquisition and mm-hmm. things like that yep and of course we all have that famous interview around here with bill barzell saying like if you're gonna want me to cook the dinner you gotta let me buy the groceries. absolutely now one of the things that Bob Kraft learned in that time is I can't be the GM. I have to give it over. And that's yep. when, when Bill came here. Bill Belichick came yep. here, head of football operations, general Absolutely. manager of this team. Yep, the, yeah, things, the head
2: coach, take care of it.
1: Exactly. The things that you think you I'll need to do. I'll write the checks and give you the tools that you need. Exactly. And if you're able to give us a winner, I'll keep doing this. If yep. not, we'll go back to the drawing board. Absolutely. Jerry Jones, on the other hand, won is three Super Bowls with... Uh, two with Jimmy, one with Barry Switzer, and the oh, one but with that th- was that was Jimmy's. It was Jimmy Super. <laughs> actually, interestingly enough, the folklore says is that it was Troy Aikman. Okay, they say that, sure. uh, well, in 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 the Cowboys parlance, they say that Troy Aikman was more the head coach of that team than anybody because uh, later on in life, even after his his national championship career at Oklahoma, and his Super Bowl career, Barry Switzer was uh, diagnosed with ADHD.
0: So, like, so this is, that's legit. So he was Ooh, sitting ball. there. Yeah, I was like,
1: I don't know, Troy, what do you think we should run? Well, it's, it's third and long. Okay, why don't you bring out the jumbo set? No, no, see, no, third no, and long means we got to throw no. it. No. Yeah. So we had a, they had a big problem yeah. there. But now, during that time, then you had the... Oh, you had the Dave Campos, and you had wow, the, yeah. the, you know, you got rid of North Turner, who was the offensive coordinator there, and, and Dave Wonstadt, who was the defensive coordinator there. All of these Yeah, great, I know about Dave Wonstadt. Uh, who, <laughs> —who brought Miami, uh, the Miami Hurricanes back to relevance, things like that. Dave was a good coach. He took over that GM role, and it hasn't worked for— Year
2: in, year out.
1: This isn't an aberration. This no. isn't like five-year experiment where it didn't fly. For now, nearly, and this is the season this is one of where the great two mysteries.
2: This why he's continued to do what he's done.
1: Marriages sometimes don't last 20 years, and this guy hasn't gotten his team back to the NFC Championship in 20 years. Has it been that long? 19 years. This, this Going into this season, this will be the 20th year. It's been 19 wow. years. Wow. And in that nineteen years, the one constant in that nineteen years is that Jerry Jones has been the GM of this football. Team. You know, before I can get pegged as, as fair weather or anything like that, I listen. no,
2: don't mistake this for fair weather fandom.
1: Um, Ted is the real deal cowboy fan. Yeah, yeah, he's just not a drone. I, I just I <laughs> sat there during one and fifteen. I in that one game, by the way, it was a Monday night game that they won against the, the Washington.
2: If you don't call them the Washington (laughs) Redskins, okay, we're not going to do this, all right? I
1: get it. So... I sat through these one in 15 teams yep. and I watched you know the, all the, the, the Herschel Walker trade, which I was actually puked over when I was a little <laughs> kid. I was like, oh my God. I, the catch in 1982, I cried so hard. You mean my the parents, throw? Yeah, that too. <laughs> it was. The one constant in the Cowboys, recent, not recent, but this, this lifetime of, of inefficiency and, and, and stupidity, mm, Jerry what's Jones. The const- oh, Jerry Jones. Has been the general manager. Oh, that's the constant. So that is number 1 on item you. number 1, <laughs> item number 2 and I think that this one's going to happen via time itself rather than what, anything. Romo <laughs> Romo is not now or nor has he ever been a leader. No. He's a stat man. He's he's a great no fantasy can, yeah, football no quarterback. One,
2: absolutely. No one can argue awesome. his stats even if it's come from behinds. Yep.
1: Things like that, you can't. The kids got talent. He's the highest-rated highest fourth-quarter comeback, uh, fourth-quarter quarterback in the yep. last five years in the NFL. That includes Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, everybody.
2: Remember when was the last times they made the playoffs? It's a little bit ago for a team, by the way, that has the type of talent. That, you know, we know teams have been gone decades without getting to the playoffs. We know that, but this is the Cowboys. They got the talent. They have the money, the cachet. Yes, the state, they have everything. Right. That- so you know what? Going three, four, five years or whatever without getting into the playoffs. It's a big deal. Even going three
1: years without the playoffs is a big deal. It's 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 a crime yeah. for just like the New York Yankees, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, which is another stupid name. But like <laughs> when you go down these teams, you may they're, they're either a love or hate team. The sport that you are watching is better to have them. Absolutely, it's a necessary evil in my book. In your book, it's a necessary evil, and yeah. in my book, it's something that I desperately want to happen. There's maybe five teams that are. Absolutely necessary for the NFL to succeed. The Dallas Cowboys are one of those teams. Okay. If you took out the Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, the Oakland the Oakland Raiders, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'll leave that last one for... AFC du jour. I mean, well, no. The I Patriots. mean, you
2: know, we're right. We don't want to sound like homos, but again, this is coming from a Cowboys fan and a Dolphins fan. The Patriots are are on that list.
1: They are for the last the decade and a half. Yes. Okay. Like they've become yeah. this other entity where yes. they're reviled, they're hated. I they're mean, they do
2: represent a region. It's the
1: only team in the NFL that represents a region. Yeah. So when you have the Dallas Cowboys and you have this this curse me for saying these words this gunslinger at quarterback. This is not Roger Staubach, who could get, get away with it in the 70s, where you could take more energy. You're not
2: even a Terry Bradshaw.
1: Who was an that, awful regular season quarterback.
2: he was a leader on that.
1: Team. Yes, he was a leader on that team. Can I'd he rather the have
2: way? a leader, a leader that can like barely do his job. When than to have someone with all the talent in the world that can't
1: lead, a, you know, Cub Scout troop. The guys that that, that Romo gets um, analyzed next to, or like a, a style, when he's because he wears the star, mm. he gets compared to Roger Starbuck. But it's a different game. It's a different era. Yep. where now quarterbacks are six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds. That was a defensive lineman. Okay? Yes. But he also... That's an offensive line. Here. Yeah. And uh, he also gets compared to a lot, uh, Brett Favre. Everybody who's ever played with Brett Favre has basically said when the game's on, you'd follow him through yeah, a fire. Oh, oh,
2: absolutely. They look to him.
1: Yeah. Now, Romo, for all of the times I give him crap, he's played with a punctured spleen and a broken rib. He's a gamer. He's a gamer.
2: No one's taking that away nope. from him. He, he's not quit on the team. He's Are you, not going to sit down for a hangnail? No. You know what I mean? <laughs> or he's, also,
0: <laughs>
1: he's also, up until this season, and his back injury has prevented him from continuing on. He's a scratch golfer.
2: Yes. Very
1: good. Let me ask you a question. You golf. I yes. don't. What would it take? How many hours a week would it oh take God. for you to become a scratch golfer? Now, Are you kidding me? To quantify that, uh, for me to be a scratch golfer... No, you're not you're a pro t- athlete. Well, no, but, no, I'm not
2: a pro athlete, but you know what I mean... Um, I mean, you're talking multiple rounds a day, mm-hmm. okay? Well, the Dallas for, Cowboys do have the Dallas Cowboy uh, golf course yeah. and I, country I'm, club, but I'm talking extended extended time. Mm-hmm. I'm talking years of to hone multi, your craft. Yeah, to multiple rounds. Mm-hmm. You know, to hone and become a scratch golfer. No. I'm not talking about you know being Mickelson or, or Rory or no. Woods, but
1: uh, Tony Romo keeps trying to qualify. Up until like this last couple of years, he kept trying to qualify for the U.S. Open. Yes. The amount I bet of, you he will at some point. And the amount of time that it takes to qualify for the U.S. Open and mm-hmm. to be a quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. How do you do that? You can't. You don't be, you're not just a natural golfer. Now, some people could be natural in this far as
2: a swing. That's all well and good. I don't care how born you are with talent to play the game. You need to invest a large amount of time into that game to hone your craft. I mean, you see the pros. They could go into years of just absolute funk and, and get the you know the shanks and 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 the slices and all that other stuff. What what's
1: happened to Tiger Time Woods in the last yeah, five we, years? We've
2: seen it. That's you know, it. ever since he, uh, you know, <laughs> his in- wife took a a club to to his SUV window. Yeah, she's better with her short game than he is. Yes, now. exactly. And and it takes everything. Like uh, Rory. Rory, he he couldn't find the to, to find the green to save his life. Breaks up. While, his- exactly. Breaks up with his girlfriend. All of a sudden, the distraction has gone. He said it just last week. Yeah. He's like. Well, what do I do? He's like, I, I eat, I, I play golf, I, I go home. That's it. That, that's it. So, yeah, my game has improved because that's all I'm doing. Yeah. And that's from the world's number one ranked golfer. Yes. Number now, one
1: ranked golfer says that that's all he does. So, of course, his game's going to improve. You take Tony Romo trying to qualify for the U.S. Open, trying to quarterback the Dallas Cowboys. Then he gets married and has a kid. Yep. During an interview... After getting bounced out of the playoffs, his attitude and the exact quote was, mm, "Football's not the most important thing in my life." Nobody that plays quarterback in ever the NFL says that. ever can says can ever say that. No, you know
2: what kind of message
1: is that sending?
2: Yes, I know there's lots of more important things there other are. than a game, of course. But you don't say that. No, and you don't even if you feel it. And the
1: caval- thats a cavalier attitude. That's not a leader. So we know that Tony Romo's never going to be the guy that goes out there and leads. And he's never going be, to be, win a Super Bowl. I doubt he'll ever be in a Super Bowl. If you know anything about the game of football, if your quarterback's not out there, they've, they've been calling him since, since Walter Camp threw a pig's bladder on the field at Harvard <laughs> and Yale in 1903 or whatever it was. They've called the quarterback the field general. Yep. For a reason. Yes. He's not one. Nope. This dude's barely a private. Okay? <laughs> and... He'll go out there and he'll play harder than anybody. He'll work on the field harder than anybody. I question. Sure, in
2: practice with the rest of the team. Yeah. Sure, he but works that's on. That's not
1: where it's supposed to stop. When quarterbacks want to know how to be great and they sit down and the, Eli and first Peyton. First one in.
2: First one um, in. First, first one in, in, Last, last one, one, out. one out.
1: Peyton Manning at his extended age. I know you were going with this.
2: We yep. were just talking about this a, a couple of days ago yep, with Eli. And, yep. yep. He is. He is the first one in, in the morning and he's the last one to go. And he's already had his career. And he's
1: right now uh, during the offseason. First off season,
2: ballot Hall of Famer, and he's already putting in more work NFL, than anybody MVP, on the team. Super Bowl yep. champion. Super yep. Bowl MVP. All Absolutely. of these
1: things. Eli, another two Super Bowls. They worked with the uh, quarterback coach that they'd worked with for yep. their entire life yep. during the offseason. Tony Romo, I got it. You got, a, you got a wife. You got a kid. You like to play Good golf and you. all that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Be Kyle Orton. Be Kyle Orton. Yeah. Be Rex Grossman. Be a backup. Sure. All right? If you're willing to commit the... 60 hours a week to football and then the 30 right, like hours a, a week to a film. time
2: clock. You know what I mean? Oh, well, I punched in my time. Now it's go time to hit the links. That's,
1: what, that's the feeling and the impression what about that you meeting get.
2: meeting with your offensive line and, and, or with your receiving core and putting in that extra work? That may happen. You never not hear obviously about Obviously not, not as often as, as it should because if it did, for one, they'd be a
1: winning team, and two, he might not be a scratch golfer. The next thing on my list and right kind of goes dovetails right into that is that Jerry's got to let the coaches coach and draft the team. And that guy, you know, that goes along with the, uh, the well, you would think the, it goes with, along the, with it, yeah. the, the GM thing. Yep. Let the coaches coach. Yep. Shut up. Stay in your box yep. and get Sign off the, the sidelines. Checks.
2: Now, it's your team. I understand if, if you fall in love with a guy and you've been around the league for so many years and been doing this for so many years as Jerry Jones has. Mm-hmm. You fall in love with a guy and you want your coach to go get him. Okay, fine. You know what? That's within your prerogative. That's your team. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, say, go get this guy. I want this guy on my team. But to be as involved as he is in recruiting and um, drafting, and the, those and GM all that. activities that we, that we yes, touched on earlier. We and yeah, then
1: when mm. you see him down on the sidelines and his coaches are forced to be syncophants, yep. they're not leaders. Yes, man. Yes. Yes. He, <laughs> right? Yes. He is not able. A, a, a guy like Garrett. Sean Payton was the offensive coordinator under Bill Parcells in Dallas. Yep. Why isn't Sean Payton the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Because he wanted to run the team the Absolutely. way he saw fit. Sean Payton is now with Drew Brees, basically running what the Cowboys' offense should look like. It's that's what he ran. Absolutely. With. Darren Sproles and with Jimmy Graham and with this ridiculous offense that's already yeah, listed litany on litany of receivers one. that have been rotating over the last years exactly with this stability on the line and all of these other things. Yep, it's Sean Payton's got, Sean yeah. Payton's got a Super Bowl ring. Yes, he does. Jason And he'll Garrett probably doesn't. get another one. He can. He can. D- he's going to be in the hunt. Do yeah, you see of Jason? Course. Do you see Jason Garrett with one? God no. No. Oh. And you know, and
2: I don't know enough about him. I know what he hasn't done. I love this. Guy. I know obviously he hasn't lit a fire under
1: Romo's ass enough for Romo to improve his leadership. Listen again, as a Cowboys fan, coming up, this guy was Troy Aikman's backup. Yeah,
2: number you, one. you. I remember years ago you talked about him uh, saying that he's being groomed,
0: and I was behind it hundred percent.
2: Yeah, and you and you were dead on accurate because, like, three years later, lo and behold, he's the head coach.
1: If but they, of course, had to go through the Wade Phillips yes. being a sycophant oh, and God. and and having to go through that entire era again yeah. where Wade Phillips, as soon as he gets fired midseason, Jason Garrett comes in and boom, he's a world beater as a head coach. That happens in sports everywhere midseason. Go back and look of course. at every single hockey team that's ever fired their coach midseason. Go look at their next five games. They're like four Why and do you one. think it every happens so one. often? Exactly. Because it's
2: proven to work. Yeah. You get a, a reaction. You get usually unless you fire a very popular and player loved coach, mm-hmm. you do get the the rise in 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 effort you and get- result. Only the great coaches that get replaced make that last. Yep. But yeah, there's always
1: that, that spike. There is. Yes. And you got it when Jason Garrett became the head yes, coach. Yes, you did. Now again, when we sat New down New Blood. New blood. New, new blood. <laughs> now, when uh, they have done one thing exceptionally well, and it actually turned around. You and I were on the phone. This was a couple of years ago. You and I were on the phone. We were watching the NFL draft, and I looked at the <laughs> names. Uh, right before the draft, they said, if the Cowboys ever want to win another football game in this league, they go right after Tyron Smith. Yep. This is before the draft began. And there were names out there. That you know that Jerry was in love with. And he got Tyron Smith, so I was real happy with that. When Johnny Manziel was sitting there on the draft board, I was ready to burn photographs of Jerry Jones in effigy. He should have drafted him. Thank God he didn't. He should have drafted him. Uh, please don't.
2: Any- that should be one of your demands. What? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: because if the Dallas Cowboys couldn't be any more of a circus Yeah <laughs> Johnny Manziel would just send him over the top Boy would that be a fun train wreck Oh god I would have enjoyed that so much But <sighs> then again I'm, I'm not, a,
1: I'm not a, a Dallas Cowboys fan Now what the Cowboys decided to do this year Was they went and got a uh, another offensive lineman With their first pick Right where they I've could been have taken... I've been the
2: Dolphins doing it for years, so... All
1: right. They, they went and got Zach Martin out of Notre Dame with the, the 16th overall. Fighting Irish. But he's an offensive tackle. So now you have Tyron Smith and Zach Martin anchoring this offensive line. This is a great move for them. And in that, they've conspicuously forgotten about number one player on the Dallas Cowboys defense, middle linebacker Sean Lee. Gone. Gone. One of the draft picks that they got, Sandrick... Uh, out for the first four and, games, and who
2: went on their way to uh, to Denver to
1: uh, go boost their defense? Uh, Demarcus, where right? Yeah. yeah, and so Demarcus, Ware. But and again, I don't have a problem with that one in the sense that he was his money was there, his money was up, and his performance was a little bit down. He'd hurt his elbow a little bit, but how do you get rid of that kind of leadership? And That's
2: what I'm saying. At a team with a lack <clears> of leadership <throat> and deep
1: pockets, yep. How do you not keep that defensive leader? They did pick up. A defensive end, a linebacker, another defensive end to try to replace him. And they got a couple of draft picks, and that's all well and good. So given that they have absolutely zero defense, they have no leadership on the offense, they are leaning on Des Bryant hmm. as a leader. No, good luck with that. That's what I'm saying. Good luck with that. They got rid of Miles Austin. Then Jerry, he shows up in pictures with strippers in a bathroom. Steven Jones ends up <laughs> on the Dallas Cowboys party, party bus. bus. The Dallas Cowboys party bus with the head of Woo-hoo! officials. Right, <laughs> on Sunset yeah. Strip. Yeah. Oh yeah, having a great old time. What kind of like stupidity and irresponsibility yeah. is is circling the drain? Is what I'm watching, yeah. and I've been watching this for twenty years. And until well, it's getting ugly. It's it's past ugly. Now no, it's I mean, like it's into totally falling apart. It's into like this level. Of I mean, what undead. do you expect?
2: I know we're going to touch on the
1: NFC East on Sunday. We're saving that segment for Sunday. Yep. If like they, what do you see out of your team this year? They are going to have just like that game against Denver last year. You know, with like a hundred plus points scored in this game, they are going to lose games. All right. If you want my my fantasy yeah. football tip of the year, yeah, go ahead and grab anybody from the Cowboys' offense. Sure, grab Romo, yeah, yeah.
2: Grab Romo. He's going to get you lots of points. You know,
1: Demarco Murray, who just can't just stay healthy for. Lead. Yeah, don't just don't ask him to lead. Don't ask him to get you to the playoffs because you are going to yeah. be sorely disappointed. Yeah. Eric and I will be back in a few minutes. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter, at EricandTedICS. Go hit up our website at www.ericandted.com. And make sure you see us on Facebook at facebook.com slash
0: EricandTed. The news of Garrick's illness stunned the country. And on July 4th, a huge, sad crowd packed Yankee Stadium to pay tribute to their beloved hero, Babe Ruth came back, and the two old teammates ended their long feud. Manager Joe McCarthy presented him with a trophy. At first, Gehrig was too moved to speak. two weeks you've been reading about a bad brag today i consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth
1: and welcome back to eric and ted's ice cream social i'm eric and i'm ted and this week you might have noticed something viral happening all over the
2: world um, and that's the uh, the ice bucket challenge uh, to raise awareness for ALS, you know, it kind of got kickstarted with you know b- the kid from Boston College to who has
1: ALS, and so it's a pretty big deal. Amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS, mm-hmm. or Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah, insidious neurodegenerative disease. And when I say neurodegenerative, uh, think Alzheimer's. Um, progresses uh, to the point where an individual's body no longer functions. And unable to breathe on their own, unable to talk, swallow anything until they ostensibly fade. But it is remarkably difficult for everybody around these individuals that are stricken with ALS. Mm-hmm. Now, born from this, a need for awareness and a need for some attention outside of the sports world. You brought up Lou Gehrig's disease,
2: right? No cause, no cure. I mean, this needs to be, you know, this needs to be dealt with. And and in this day and age, what's the the fastest and most efficient way to reach people? Social media, correct? You know, so this Ice Bucket Challenge is supposed to raise awareness and hopefully. You know, bring up the resources to be able to combat this disease. Now it seems like it's doing just that. Um, obviously, being a for, so. yeah, obviously, so you know, being a sports fan, you know, we obviously think Lou Gehrig's disease. But after the Saint Steve Gleason, you know, former Patriot Kevin Turner, and, and a host Smith, of others, you know, yeah, the Raiders. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's probably time for the general public to just start paying attention a little bit more. Um, now that you know these high profile people are being affected by in, it. That's just world cause that, and effect.
1: Yeah, in a world that we kind of revolve around, the sports world, we see it a little bit more often. Yeah, let's bring this to the general public. Well, yeah. as effective as this Ice Bucket Challenge has been over the last couple of weeks, there's been some dissension in the ranks, and particularly well, one... Well, how Huff- could
2: there be with something that does uh, nothing but good?
1: Well, apparently it doesn't do any good. As one yeah. writer named Ben Kaczynski pointed out this week on the Huffington Post blog, as his entry called hashtag Ice Bucket Challenge... Why you're not really helping. Come on. No, not a joke. We're going to take this guy to task. Now, there was also, though, as I mentioned, it was the Huffington Post blog. Mm-hmm. If you search on the Huffington Post for Ice Bucket Challenge, yep. you'll also find an article that says Ice Bucket Challenge leads to 1,000% percent spike in donations to ALS
2: Association. 1,000%
1: spike. Okay. Now, when we started reading about this blog entry, you did a little bit of uh, passive research on this. Talk to me about the numbers that you found from last year to this year. Okay. So, you know,
2: last year in this stretch of time, we'll say, you know, we'll say I think it was within a month. Okay. Last year, in this kind of time frame, they raised $1.25 million for ALS research. Okay. Okay. Can you care to take a guess what, <laughs> what the number is for, for these last, last few weeks or so? I,
1: I'm, I'm going to be ambitious with this and I have not looked yeah. at this with you, alright? I don't know what the number is, but I'd, I'd have to say that there's at least a good million dollar spike in that. has to be.
2: $4.3 million in the same time period as last year as opposed to this year. Well, what's so, changed
1: in ALS outreach since last uh, year? Oh, you,
2: no, I mean, just this little thing about Ice Bucket Challenge. Now, if you don't know what it is, you, you kind of live under a rock, and that's okay. <laughs> We're here to educate you. It's what we do. So, what the whole premise is, is you do a little video of yourself dumping, you know, dumping a, a bucket of ice water on your head, then calling out three people saying, okay, I nominate X, Y, and Z. Either donate $100 to ALS research, or you're going to have to dump a bucket of ice on top of your head, and so on. Now, what that's kind of morphed into is, you know, donate $100 or do this. So if you don't do this, you've got to donate 100 mm-hmm. If you do do it, you're donating 10 bucks. Okay. That, that's, that's kind of how it's it morphed in. So reasonable. Right. So even the people that are doing it now, obviously, not everybody is donating. Some people don't have the means or what have you, and that's fine. But the whole thing is creating awareness. Okay. This is not a straight fundraiser. Okay, this is this is getting the word out. The more people see it, the more it spreads. That's how social media works. That's why the term viral comes from.
1: In this case, yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: it's just it's just the way it is. So, so people, you know, do the ice bucket. You know, then they're donating what they can, and then the next people take it over, and the next people take it over, and now that's really infiltrated sports. We're just uh, yesterday, uh, the New England Patriots, um, the entire team did it. Bob Kraft got called out. Nice. Nice. Uh, Bob Kraft got called out. He decided the whole team. The whole team wanted in on it, mm-hmm. so he recorded it. The now whole you're talking team, about real money, everybody, the owner, Belichick, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Brady, all doused themselves with ice water, and then it turned into Who they call out. Yeah, they called out the, their three friends. It's called the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> the Miami Dolphins, and their very good friends, the New York Jets. So, so they now, out we're, the now we're entire now call, they're calling out teams now. And, and this was after he, he said what he was doing, and why he was doing it, and that the New England Patriots were making a significant donation. So now this has turned from your average Tom, Susie, and Joe donating 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there, and getting their friends to do it, and getting their friends to do it. We're talking about organizations,
1: million, billion-dollar organizations now that are getting involved. But Ben Kaczynski... Talk
2: about the money that's no, being raised. you
1: can't be right. You can't be right because Ben Kaczynski, in the Huffington Post blog tells me that you're not really helping. Here's, here's how his entry begins. Uh, if you've been on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram in the last week, you've probably seen it. Countless videos of people dumping ice on themselves to help raise awareness of ALS. His word. His word. Yeah, so he already says it, help raise awareness. It's done a tremendous job of getting people to talk about a truly debilitating disease. Wait, what do you mean? He just talk? Okay. That's what he said? Okay. Yeah. Just, just make sure. That's mostly all it's done. 4. Get people to million. talk. 3, Four point three million. Go ahead. Okay, no problem. Let me explain. Mm-hmm. Slacktivism is a relatively new term with only negative connotations being associated with it recently. Yes. Okay. The whole time, uh, the whole thinking is that instead of actually donating money, you're attributing your time in social posts uh, in place of that donation. Basically, instead of donating ten dollars to charity X Y Z, slacktivism. Would have you create a Facebook post about it, about how much you care about charity, XYZ, generating immediate and heightened awareness, but lacking any actual donations or long-term four impact. Point,
2: 4.3 point million. How much?
1: 4.3 million. All right. So Ben continues on, the money that you spent on the ice is a waste. The Right. You
2: could donate that to charity instead.
1: Yeah. Now, is there a country on the planet, Joplin, Missouri, tornado hits, wipes out two-thirds of the town? The Red Cross says, we need a little bit of help. Is there any country on the planet that rallies around a cause like that? We all texted our $10 in. Mm-hmm. We all sent, I have a, I have a double stroller right now. I have a double stroller somewhere in Joplin, Missouri, pushing around a set of twins. Yeah, I remember that. That I donated. Yep. Okay, because it was all I could at the time. We do what we can when we can. Every single yep. solitary time. Yep. A young man stricken with ALS creates this thing, it goes viral, but Ben Kaczynski doesn't think you're doing anything.
2: No, no, we're just a bunch of slackers that would rather just post a video of what to get the likes, I imagine, just so we can get likes. Oh, So and- we're doing it in lieu of donating, which actually is not true, because I had mentioned to Ted, it's morphed into even the people that are dumping the ice on them so they don't donate 100 is donating 10 bucks or donating what they can.
1: Let's talk about Will Ormus. However, <laughs> <laughs> at com, Right. This
2: is one that I found. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, because I, I read that other one, and we talked about it briefly uh, yesterday, and then I saw this today. And he is actually, not only is, did he write an article, you know, saying, oh, you're not really helping, blah, 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 mm-hmm. which, of course, as we've just shown, is we've clearly-, clearly 100% inaccurate and it's an insult to the people that have given charitable donations to the people that have helped spread the word it's so a slap in the face so these guys just being cranky hipsters what like i, I don't know what they like and i bet you if i took this dude to task sent him an email he's going to vehemently defend his position and so i don't know where they're coming from i don't know if it's well everybody else is making a difference and not me and i'm not doing it so i'm going to be
1: that Ben Kaczynski's job, yes, what is okay? his job Ben Kaczynski's job is entrepreneurial endeavor was <laughs> to he created a company called Sumpto it's an, quote online platform that connects companies with the college demographic, college demographic. so he his job is to figure Targeting. out ways yep. of using hmm, maybe viral campaigns, yep to for target companies yep. to target advertising so they can make products yep. items yep. right at college kids yep. so we finally see this guy's actual vision Come to fruition ban- yep. and yep. just come to fruition, and everything's great, and we're getting a ton of money to this insidious, rotten, disgusting. No, neuro- it wasn't his idea. Disease. They're
2: doing it on his own. They're not doing it uh, as far as targeting audiences. They're not doing it with advertising. They do people are doing it with zero budget, just by sharing. That goes against everything he works for.
1: Apparently, because ben, this was free. Ben's bitchy little post continues. It's the. Quite possibly one of the most embarrassing pieces of drivel I have ever had the displeasure to read.
2: And we're not even going to tell you where to find the article. Want
1: people reading this garbage? Uh, No, go. No, no, no. no. I, I disagree. I want everybody to go and read this. I want everybody to see that your efforts... A, somebody named Ben Kaczynski, who had a cranky afternoon, sat down and busted off seven hundred words to make you look like an asshole. Yes,
2: because for you, not doing for enough. For not
1: doing enough. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Screw yeah. You, you, yeah. Punk. So,
2: so, so you don't like this guy, clearly. Okay. Okay. Where do you get a load of this guy? Not only is this guy puts out an article. Saying that we're not doing anything and this isn't working or this is a waste of time. You can donate the money that you're spending on the ice and the gas to get the ice and the bags that they make to hold the ice. All this other crap. This guy takes it to another level and is starting a movement called hashtag no ice ice bucket challenge. Okay. Oh, oh, no, and he, oh, and he gave you some uh, directions on how to do it. Okay, yeah. Please. So now we spelt out the steps to in. um for us to really make a difference. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's and as he puts, and I quote, uh the hashtag no ice bucket challenge is not for the faint of heart. It requires real fortitude to give away your hard-earned cash without the promise of receiving piles of. A Facebook likes in return. So these mm. are the steps. He, he spelled it out for us because we all are stupid. Step one: Do not fetch a bucket. Do not fill it with ice. Do not dump it on your head. Is that all? That's just, step one. That's all step one.
1: Okay. I don't know if I can follow.
2: Yes. Step one: Don't do any of that. Mm. Don't do what has caused the direct cause of four point three million dollars in donations to ALS research. Don't do that. Do not film yourself or post anything on social media. Again, do not do what is directly caused $4.3 million just in this time frame. Uh And step number three, and I'm paraphrasing, get off your ass and donate. But this is what he really says. Just donate the damn money, whether it's to ALS Association or to some other charity of your choice. And uh, if it's an organization that you really believe in. Feel free to politely encourage your friends and family to do the same. Oh, awesome. So that that's it. Great. That's his solution. We're all wasting our times. Do not buy the ice. Do not do the bucket. Do not put put it on Facebook. Stay away from social media. So his solution to fighting cancer, fighting ALS, fighting anything that that requires charitable donation and research. Don't do anything that's clearly worked. Just get off your couch. Send some money in
1: okay so in that that's okay, it all right.
2: no publicity no 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 social media no viral videos no door to door asking for donations just okay. get up donate and politely ask your friends and family to do the same
1: how did that work out last year for the als association and their, their 1.25 million not bad no no that, not bad you know a dollar is great Awesome, but we do that already, Ted. We do that constantly since the every dawn year. Of
2: what, what's the one? What is the one charity? Uh, if we don't donate all year, yep. What is the one charity? We make sure if we got a dollar in our pocket, Jimmy Fund, the Jimmy every Fund every time. Okay, every time anywhere I go, all year round until the movie marathon theater. Comes. If if anything is said or mentioned with the Jimmy Fund, Shop and Shop, Berk, you're getting my last dollar. You everything. get my last penny.
1: Everything. Period. Yep. Okay. It's I our even, charity. Right. I won't even buy the sand. I'll just donate the money. Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't put it on our taxes. We don't call no, our friends no, and family. No. We don't post it on social media when they say, "Do no, you we like?" We don't to pat donate. ourselves on the back. So, Eric, wait. That's so strange. So, when you when we somebody at the drive-through says, "Would you like to donate a dollar to the Ginny Fund today?" and we immediately say, "Actually, dude, I was
2: with you uh, last <laughs> week. What was my
1: response to that?" I'd like to donate two. Two. Yeah. Give me two. But but wait. Oh wait. No no. Shh. Talking about, I'm sorry, it on I'm our putting that on, on media. You're putting I'm sorry, that on a media. Don't
2: do what I'm saying. You, this guy, you, what yeah. an asshole, no. you are. No, I'm a jerk. You're trying to get likes. So we do this already, Ted. The whole country does it. The we whole all world do does it. it people that are charitable and can give and have the means to give they give
1: we give blood we give we, we give, give money <laughs> our we, time we respond to, to yes. tragedies we go around we the rally. world when haiti gets an earthquake we donate our clothes our money we our time send our people effort, there our people energy.
2: people leave their jobs and their homes and go down there and donate their time to and to rebuild efforts. homes
1: to to to, yes. to, to, to triage yep. for doctors yep. Yep. my godmother's
2: daughter has now moved down <laughs> to uh to haiti she's going to be there 3 years they, she's running uh, ahead of an orphanage okay Okay. Oh wait, no. You're putting that on a, on a media platform. It's, dude this it, it makes me I can't you're tell an asshole you the, now. I can't tell you the anger that I felt after reading this guy's article today.
1: Because slate.com thinks now you're an asshole like, because
2: you're telling us about this.
1: This is this is this goes beyond reason.
2: So, if we he, just so at the end no, hold on. Okay, I'm not sorry. done. Yep. I'm not done. So at the end of these steps, he actually puts congratulations exclamation point. Not only have you contributed to a good cause, but you've done your part for the environment by conserving the energy and fresh water required to make make and transport large bags of ice. Mm. How thin is your freaking argument if you have to say the good part of this is you're saving energy so people don't have to
1: make these bags and carry ice around? Mm. Is Is this guy for real? Well, yeah, four point three million dollars. I almost read some of these things as satire because these guys
2: on. But it's alone. not. It's not satire, and the fact that people actually feel this way and
1: have the platform—listen—to put this out there—it the, the, enrages me. Well, we have to give some. You have to have the latitude that I don't want these guys to get fired. I don't want these guys to have rocks thrown at them, but they need to be called to task for some Absolutely. of the stupidity. All right. I, I, that's my thing.
2: I'm, I'm go, go to slate.com and, and look up this guy's article because you know what? It has a little icon underneath. You can send him an email. You can comment on this. You take can, this guy to
1: task, embarrass him. You can go to Huffington Post and you can go to the Huffington Live blog and you can email these guys. Yep. And. When you look at that blog post about how you're not helping, you're not helping people. Four point three million. Keep looking on Huffington Post for the, for, to find where it says a thousand percent increase. Okay, so we got because, teams doing it because we've discovered or we've used <coughs> one of the great media tools—not one of, but the greatest media tool in the history of mankind. Yep, has become social media. Yes, for better or worse, and I think a lot of times it's worse. Sure, it is. We've, We've been able to successfully use that tool to generate multi-millions of dollars. In a short time, by the way. And this is this is speeding
2: up. What did I tell you? I said this started out with individuals.
1: individuals oh, it's only accelerating at
2: this point. You're right. Are you kidding? We're talking about the Patriots just did it. Uh, the Jets just did it today. So they already responded to the Patriots challenge. So the whole Jets team has done it. They did it with a fire hose.
1: They had a fire truck with a boom. <laughs> you yeah. knew that Rex Ryan. Yeah, of was course there. he wasn't. Like, good for him. Pretty goddamn. And then he challenged
2: the Browns, and then he said, "You know, I really do, guys." No. He says, "He says, I don't Maybe wanna. they can steal a page out of my playbook." Ah,
0: <laughs>
2: so, so yeah, very snarky. I'm surprised and he didn't <laughs> challenge his brother. In <laughs> that's uh, great. Uh, but, you know, he challenged a few. So, so clearly, now the Bills will follow, and I know the Dolphins will follow. They'll come of up with ways. They, they will. have to. They're going to step it up. I guarantee you, uh, by before the start of the NFL season, all 32 teams would have done this ice bucket challenge, and every organization donated, I'm sure, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to research. I guarantee it.
1: So I guarantee you, it. So you think that honestly, if you take 53 guys whose league minimum is about $450,000. Oh, yeah. I'm not even counting the individuals on the team <laughs> that I'm sure are that going sure to donate. Absolutely. That's what I, that's where I'm going with. Are three, you kidding 50, me? The 20? Ice
2: Bucket Challenge is going to prove to be the biggest.
1: The, the biggest f- philanthropic uh, yeah, social philanthropic media social experience.
2: Med- everything, anything, even out of social media. This will be bigger than Live Aid. By the time this is done okay. with it, the money that they're going to generate <laughs> in a short amount of time is,
1: is going to set records. But you're an asshole for doing it. Yeah, but because you're stupid. Use, you, you, you're, you're not, useless. Useless. You're you not helping. Me?
2: You're not helping That's why it's, it, it's such the opposite of what actually happens. That's why I can't let it go, man. I I can't let it go. You yeah. Uh, no, the, exa- you're not yeah. helping. Are you kidding me? You're, helping isn't even the word for it. Y- it's a miracle what this is what this has turned into. Okay, so every NFL team is going to do it. Can't even calculate the money that that's going to draw in, let alone from the players. Um, and and you have uh, politicians doing it. Better, I don't care what your motivation is. The ends justify the means. More awareness. More money. This is a fantastic thing. It warms my heart and warms other people's hearts. And Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social is going to be pledging $100 to ALS Research. And we will still be doing the Ice we gotta Bucket Challenge. we got to figure out, we ice figure out challenge. something spectacular. Yeah, we're going to figure out something nice. Let's but, call out but, these douchebags. You know, I would, except, you know what, they probably wouldn't even catch wind of it. So I'm not even going to waste my time. All right. We're going to pick a few of our loyal listeners and our contributors, and we're going to call them out. I know one, but, but Eric, Skippy. but Eric and Ted's ice cream social. We're going to pledge hundred dollars to ALS. Mm-hmm. We're going to put our video up to so take a look for it. We'll call out people. Um, Skippy, yep. Skippy, you're on the list. We know my, AQ My Buddy is out there. Tim. Yep. yep. AQ of the of the soon to be Puerto Rican minute. Yep. He's going to be on that list. And that's not self serving. No. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself as well. And you know what? We have the means. We're capable, we're, right, we're capable of doing it. Right, we're capable of uh, doing it. We can afford to throw out 100
1: bucks there. We can, we, And I can. I, I have a bucket, so yeah. I don't need to buy one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I'm I'll, in good shape. I
2: mean, maybe my mom could buy the ice, so I don't spend the money on the ice.
1: Oh, no, no. If she does that, she's wasting her money to help you. Right. And but that's and just but if we make the ice, then I'll waste the energy. if we
2: um, Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck between here. a rock and a hard place. See? I don't
1: know what I'm going to do. Unbelievable. And so this is what we've been sitting here, kind of arguing about. I'm looking at I'm looking at things like, you've done your part. Remember, you yep. got. Oh lights. my god! These snarky, yep. douchebag, elitist, punk, yep. hipster, mm-hmm. like. And, and mm-hmm. the reason why I'm and I'm using that word. And
2: okay, what was his name?
1: Uh, Just so again, we're throwing uh, it back out there. I, I almost don't want to even K-Kosinski? say Kosinski. It yeah, it's it's Kosinski. Ben K O S O. No, it's In-ski. K O S I N S K I.
2: Right, and then uh, Will or Oremus O R E M U S. Yep, please take these guys to task. Email Blow these them dudes. up. Email them. Make them feel like the s- biggest piece of shit. They deserve to. They d- absolutely it, they They'll put out this garbage and make people that are doing a good thing feel like shit.
1: Are you kidding me? They they are sitting here now on a high horse Mm. and their argument has been refuted and they, I I tend to think, Mm. I tend to think that some of this stuff was written almost either to get, what, to get a reaction? After a nap, yeah. Like,
2: Oh, I have to. I was going to say, because slade.com isn't going to blow the world up with uh, just putting contrary stories out there to get a reaction. No, Slate's
1: a great, I, I, I read Slate constantly. It, I think it's a great publication. Yeah. And they, yeah. This is a great website. And he's the senior technology writer, by the way. Well, by, so so you're telling me that yeah, his job is to media. monitor yep. um, social media in that yeah, regard. And write about it, okay? And, and this is what he decides to do with it. This is what he's doing yep. with it now.
2: Yep. We got Paul Bissonette. Plays for the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, yeah. Hockey player. Mm-hmm. He's from Canada. Yeah. I, you know how he takes it to the next level? What's he do? Okay. Not only donating, I'm sure, a, a substantial amount of money. Mm-hmm. He stands on the top of a mountain in his Speedo, has a helicopter <laughs> fly over, and dump a bucket of ice water on him. Fantastic. Uh, uh, you got Steve Gleason, who, who we referenced earlier, Ooh, New Orleans who is suffering.
1: In the, he's in yes. the final They gave him stages. a death notice. Uh, six years, months, years, yeah, six you know, months,
2: eight like a year months or ago.
1: Two ago yeah. Saying he should, he should already be dead. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not. He's here, and he did it naked. Steve Gleason will be dead before any of this money makes any impact. Yep, any of it. Yep. Do you think he, that stopped him from doing
2: it? Do you think the? Oh, well, this isn't going to do nothing for me. Oh well, you're. are you all self
1: serving, right? Do you think that he clearly was not really helping? No. No. Right.
2: No, definitely. Steve Gleason, you are not helping the cause. Yeah. These guys make me sick. I and I'm looking I, I got to stop talking about these I got to stop talking about it. All
1: right. So okay. well, you know, Eric and I are going to take a quick break. When we come back, what we decided to do is we're going to give you top 10 Boston Bruins who never have to buy a beer in Boston again and we're going to end it tip of the hat to uh, to
2: Robin Williams.
1: Drive, and that one whistled wide. Ori for the Bruins, tied up by Ecclestone and Berenson. Westlaw rolled it in front, Sanderson tried a shot that was wide and keen
2: and cleared it, but not out. Bobby Orr, behind the net to Sanderson,
1: Welcome back to Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social. I'm still Eric. And I am definitely Ted, and we are listening to Ram Jam Black Betty because they're not allowed to play it anymore at the (laughs) God, But we can. That's right. And what we decided with our top 10 Boston Bruins
2: that don't have to buy a beer in Boston again, remember, you do have to be alive to qualify. Yeah, so unfortunately,
1: Eddie, sure, you are not on my list, but you're always in my heart. That's right. So I'm going to let you start it off, Ted. Well... Obviously, obviously, there's some big names on this list, but I'm going to go with kind of a guy who adopted our city. Sure. Okay. And, uh, you know, my, I think my all-time favorite moment mm-hmm. actually happened last year. Oh, yeah. Sitting on the bench. Yeah. It was coming <laughs> off of, obviously, a 15-game suspension, <laughs> and somebody had hit David Krejci. Yeah. He sat down next to David Krejci on the bench, and he said, listen, I can't afford another 15 games, but if you want me to go out there and tag that guy, I, I will. will. Yeah. Sean Thornton. That's who I want uh, playing on my team. That's who I want sitting beside me on that bench. That's exactly. I want Sean I Thornton want on, on my ice. team. Absolutely.
2: Every minute of every day. I he want Sean nev- Thornton I mean, on he, my team. Yeah, he is a Bostonian. Now, if I've ever seen one, and without being born there,
1: exactly. Like this guy. Just Are you a, kidding me? He, he adopted.
2: He, he lives in what South, south Boston. Uh, oh, yeah, I think he. I think right? he, moved he lives in South, south Boston. Boston yeah.
1: he. he Eats he walks the,
2: the streets. He drinks at the bars. Eats at the restaurants. Yeah, he walks very down the street. Accessible. You recognize
1: him. Yep. You you get a picture in a yep, conversation absolutely. immediately. Like this guy is accessible. Yep. And he he again one of those guys never leaves the ice without blood on his uniform. Yep. Never leaves the ice without making sure somebody else bled too. Absolutely. absolutely. And that's the kind of guy you want yep. on the lunch yeah You know, hate to say goodbye to him, but goodbye. Good luck when he comes back. Yeah. After that, oh, this yeah. is a standing ovation. Shaking. Oh, the absolutely.
2: Rafters. Are you kidding me? I, the the electricity in, in the in the garden would be. Uh, through the roof. This is the guy that shakes. So that's the rafters. that's your, that's uh, number that's number one my again. No
1: particular order. We
2: know this. Of course. You've been here before you know the drill. So, next on my list, um, I'm going to um now, I'm you gonna? gonna go with I'm gonna go with the big man, the biggest
1: man on skates. Okay? <laughs> I wanna go with Dan O'Chara. Okay. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna have you on that one. That's fine. Seven foot long stick, I had to get special clearance from the <laughs> yes, NHL. <he> did. <laughs> special clearance Clarence. Um so with uh with something like yeah. Chara, yeah.
2: we have what? He's no he's just I mean he's just great. He embodies everything that's that's Boston, that, that tough attitude and, and just I mean the way he smiles and just to say like puny humans. You <laughs> know, when these when these little <laughs> guys Holy try God. to start something and realize it's Chara that they're doing it with and he's like, Yeah, what are you what are you doing?
1: Eve, and the the guy logs more minutes than anybody else, brought a Stanley Cup back to Boston, embodies that spirit of that never say die attitude and rides his bike to the garden every day. Yeah, so when does, you're yes. on your way to the game if you stop for lunch before a game you're going to run into Zidane O'Chara riding his bike. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> and, and you know what and and you know we love that he's not behind the wheel so we can buy him as many beers as he ah, you know. yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, get yeah. That. Go with right. number 3 um I'm going I, you know you might you're going to start to see kind of a theme With some of my Bruins, oh, you're going for the oldies. Well, I'm I'm, I'm, my oldies start here, and they're gonna they're gonna stay here. I'm going into my way back machine a little bit. Unfortunately, as I said, I can't go back to Eddie Shore. I can't go back. All right, come on, man, give it to me. Back in the '70s, when you had the Broad Street Bullies, were in Philly. Yep, you had you still had those smarmy, snarky punk asses in Montreal. Montreal, like I can't stand baboons. Those those Saint Catherine Street (laughs) pansies. Sorry, I was going another way. Terry O'Reilly. Terry O'Reilly. It was the most violent little dude. That's the name. I don't know what it is. Right. <laughs> he Terry was the O'Reilly. most violent little guy you ever saw out there. Yeah. Nobody went near Bobby York. I've seen the highlights. The guy was just brutal. Yeah. And he would, honestly, he would fight your mother to get to you if he had to. Terry O'Reilly never needs to buy a beer in this town again. Okay.
2: All right. I'm going to go with number 4, coming back to the new I'm school. Gonna,
1: I'm going to well,
2: now nah, well, n- mid school okay. if you will, okay? <laughs> I'm going to go with Ray Bork. Ooh, Oh, when a guy leaves Boston, mm-hmm. and he goes to another team. That's me crying. And wins the Stanley Cup. And he gets to do anything. And he's on the ice front of the fans of Colorado. And mentions the Boston Bruins mm-hmm. and how much he wanted to win it for the Bruins, and that that cup is for them. Yep, not taking any way from uh, nothing away from the fans there in Colorado, but he wanted to be quite clear on that. That was for them. That was for the Bruins that for fans. That was for us. And on his Dude, day that a with tier, the cup. a tear, a tear. I eye. have
1: goosebumps right now. Look, I mean,
2: who doesn't? You don't see that nowadays. You see the total flip. Doesn't matter how many years no, you were the you, team. Uh, you don't see it, Ted. You, you normally don't, don't see it. You don't see it anywhere but hockey. Yep. And that's the place yep. you see it. There's yep. there's something you, No one would ever have the, the cojones, if you will, to, in front of the other fan base, say that it's for a whole other fan base.
1: What did he do with his one day with the cup? He came to Boston. He brought it to Boston. Absolutely. He, Ray Bork, Yep. in his Colorado Avalanche jersey, on the steps of City Hall, with the, the
2: Stanley S- Cup. Right. He brought that it was here. his biggest re- um, not regret, because he didn't obviously not win it on purpose. But that was the one thing that he just wished so hard and deep in his soul and into his bones that he wanted to do. He wanted to win a Stanley Cup for Boston so bad. So uh, he will never have to buy a beer in Boston again. And he, I don't think he has. This,
1: this guy should. Have, yeah, say, know, this
2: guy shouldn't he, have to pay rent. No, no, exactly.
1: <laughs> Let's uh, sublet. Um, but um, go ahead, number five. I opened up, played a quick uh, audio clip, and there's. Obviously, there's a big name on there, but there's a name that you kind of... You might know him more as an announcer. Yep. Go ahead. Derek Sanderson. Okay. Now, yes. he kind of had a hard road because he's a, he partied. Yeah. So, he probably wants an Duel. He probably wants an O'Doul's. Yes. At this yes. point in his life. Yeah. And I'll that, buy him an O'Douls. That's fine. He can yeah. have Diet Cokes at the bar. Absolutely. No problem. Yep. Derek Sanderson near, is near. absolutely <laughs> on this list for me. <laughs> and for that, that tremendous gray-haired pompadour that he has now. Yep. But whatever... Derek Sanderson is another one of those guys from that 70s era yep. that was, and he could chew nails if he had to. Okay. That guy's on my list. I like it. I like that pick. Uh, now I'm going to go a little
2: bit now new school, okay? Mm-hmm. And the epitome of what a hockey player should be, how he plays the game, how he goes about his business, how he deals with the fans. I can only be one he guy. He is guy. the ultimate professional, and he gives you everything he has. If I mean, he puts on a clinic every time he steps on that ice the professionals uh, the the announcers doesn't matter what team what region the, the respect for this man is is, is incalculable mm-hmm. and that's Patrice Bergeron yeah they say if you want to
1: learn how to play hockey watch that guy real interesting thing about Bergeron now there's it, throughout throughout hockey and throughout the inner circles of hockey there's a kind of a little thing about players born in Quebec players born in the province of Quebec Canada um, get a reputation as Cheap divers, yep. don't play. Don't. You back will not see Bergeron dive. And so they have this thing when they say about you're right, but when they say about Bergie, they say he quote unquote plays the game the right way. Yeah, I mean and you hear that thrown around a lot, uh, but <laughs> and and they but actually they say it. Yeah, yeah, when they say it, and they're they're pointing a little bit at. Oh, I'm looking at you, Quebec. There's a big reason why he gets so much respect. It's not just because of the way he plays the game, not just because of the consistency of his game and and his performance, but he also comes from a place that has a reputation for not playing the game the right way. Not like he's from Red Hat or something, and he plays this game viciously. So he gets extra credit on that. Kids out
2: there, you want to learn how to play hockey and be great. Watch that guy. Watch Patrice Bergeron, because he'll never have to buy a beer in Boston again. I'm
1: going to... <laughs> you're going to go to his counterpart? No. The guy's no, counterpart? no. I'm going... I'm actually going to 1967 to 1982, and I'm going I to the... I think the, I know what you're talking the, about. The, the first guy to decorate his goalie mask. <laughs> He's a Hall of Famer. Yep. Number 30. Yep. Jerry Chivas. Jerry Chivas. Absolutely. The man is a legend. He's 70 years old now, sure so is. I'll actually... I'll go and pick this guy up at his house so he doesn't have to drive. Yeah. Well, make sure you bring the wheelchair accessible. <laughs> Not you know, a problem. You got the walker going. This, is, this guy <laughs> was the backstop yep. of the beginning of the big bad Bruins. Yep. You had the 20s. They were great. You had the era where they had in the 1940s when a lot of the players from the United States and Canada went over to fight World War II. There was a big drop off in some of the performance in, in the NHL. All the way through the entire thread of Bruin's history, when you look at goalies for the Boston Bruins, Jerry Cheevers is the single greatest goalie in Bruins' history. He's got his Stanley Cup, he's, he's got the reputation, and this guy is the toughest son of a gun that ever played between the pipes. Jerry Cheevers never has to buy a beer in Boston again.
2: Perfect. Okay, I'm going to um, I'm going to go back a little bit mm-hmm. okay seabass seabass <laughs> okay cam neely embodiment of yes. boston bruin hockey yes absolutely and and is and is had an integral part in helping turn this team around and winning the stanley cup in uh 2011, 2011. yep 2011 um, i was a huge cam neely fan growing up it was appointment, you know viewing Bruins were on, you were watching Neely. I remember going to to the games in the old garden and you just you just wanted to watch that dude and aside from the fighting, which was great, but he cared so much, invested in him so much in the
1: Bruins uh, you you loved him unless you weren't a Bruins fan, <laughs> one of the things about and and in his career now it was career was ended, and it it actually gave a one particular player, a guy named Claude Lemieux, yep. Um, is one of the most hated players in hockey history as far as Bruins fans are concerned because it probably cut five years off of Cam Neely's career Absolutely. from mm. like hitting him in the knee. Yep.
2: So I'm going to take number nine away from
1: you, Ted. So okay. Cam Neely, I'm going to follow that up with a new school
2: because okay. I'm going to give you number 10. All right. I've had number 10 last three weeks in okay. a row. I'm going to give that to you. Buddy. Right. Okay. My number nine... It might not be a popular pick, but I I really like this guy. And I like the way he plays the game. And I like that he goes down the line at the end of a playoff series and says, good game, good game, good game. I'm going to fucking kill you. Good game, good game. That's Milan Lucic. Okay? He's not a beloved hockey player around the league. None of that. People think he's dirty. Yeah, I love him. I love him. I, I, I like the way he plays our game. And uh, for good, bad, or indifferent, I will always buy that, uh, that guy a beer. Uh, period. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about him. I love the way he plays. I, 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 just,
1: I just love this guy as a Bruin, and I'll buy his beers all the time. Great point to make about Milan Lucic is one of the reasons why he was actually brought here in the first place. Uh, Cam Neely's an executive, obviously, yep. with the Bruins now. One of the reasons why Lucic was brought here is because he was so reminiscent of... The Cam Neely style yeah, of play, absolutely. Now he's brutal out there; has no problem dropping the gloves, no problem getting in the. Have corner. you noticed that he hasn't really had a fight in about three or four years? It's pretty much because he's mashed so many heads in the NHL. Yeah, nobody, yeah,
2: nobody really wants to challenge. N- him. Really, kind of like how Chara doesn't yeah. really get into a lot of fights. There's a reason for it, unless it's Riley's brother. What the hell <laughs> what is that? What's he what doing? Are you crazy, a yeah, beauty. Human. <laughs> he's just laughing at him, but. but I'm going yeah. to let you have... Yeah, uh, so I'm going to let you go ahead with with your number 10. Uh, um, surprise me, sir, if you can do it.
1: There's not going to be any surprise on this one. Indulge me, please. Mm-hmm. Give me 20 seconds longer. All right, longer you got again. 20 seconds. All right. And
0: that one
1: whistled wide. Sorry for the Bruins. Tied up uh-huh. by Ecclestone and Berenson. Westfall rolled it in front. Sanderson Anderson. tried a shot that was wide. Behind and, sand and to Bobby Orr. Behind the net, the Sanderson. And I know that Wayne Gretzky earned the name, The Great One. I know that in Wayne Gretzky's last eight years in the league, he put up almost 900 points. Mm -hmm. I know that Wayne Gretzky is widely regarded as the greatest individual hockey player of all time. Yep. That is wrong. You would be wrong in your opinion. (laughs) The greatest hockey player of all time is Bobby Orr. Absolutely. It's not Bobby Hall. The godfather. It's not Gordie Howe. Yep. It's not Wayne Gretzky. No, it's Bobby Orr. It's Bobby Orr who signed his original contract with the Bruins as a deal for the Bruins to paint his mother's home. (laughs) Not a joke. Yeah. This guy... Is, again, for bad knees, mm-hmm. hockey players, it's a it's common affliction for yeah, players coming out of the of 70s course. anyway. Yes. He spent his last years of his career with the Chicago Blackhawks, unfortunately, I but whatever. It. But everybody remembers him as a Bruin. Of course. Is the most prolific offensive defenseman in history. Yep. He was shut down mm-hmm. uh, on the defensive end. Oh, yeah. Not afraid to scramble. Not afraid to fight. Not afraid to get into the mix. And is, by far, the greatest Bruin Of all time. He's still alive, and he's still guiding young hockey players into the game right now. Bobby Orr, this Bud's for you, buddy. Absolutely. Or whatever beer you want. Whatever beer you (laughs) want.
2: It's for you. And he stayed in the Boston area and has been very active in in businesses and charities. And my my mother's met him. She's a huge fan of Bobby Orr. Widely accessible to Bruins fans. Absolutely. She's got to meet him a couple of times. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take care of his beers. Well. That's on nice. us. I have we'll, a young we'll hockey player
1: in, in my own family mm-hmm. and who is currently watching this iteration of the Bruins, the yep. a couple of the yep. guys that you have already mentioned, Lucic and Bergeron and Chara, and he watches that, and one day I said, hey, check this out, and I threw on the highlights of yep. Bobby Orr. Yep. That's like a four-CD four set, by the way. Four, CD, <laughs> four DVD set <laughs> yeah. of the highlights. <laughs> and he... Sat there dumbfounded, wondering why he said to me, "Why is everybody out there but him skating so slow?" And you know, it just looks like that in comparison. And, when and time. that's when, yeah, and that's You're when cute. a seven-year-old <laughs> says that you know that he's watching something special. Yeah. So with that, with that, we're not
2: going to end it right there. Okay, we're going to go a little bit out of our, our comfort zone, but just gonna just real quick. Okay? Yeah, you had something you wanted to talk about just, with us today, Yeah, right? real
1: quick. We just want to.
2: Send out condolences and just recognize a little bit um, the life and death of uh, of Robin Williams um, genius comedic mind performer mm-hmm. but his dramatic chops acting wise was 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 a lot better than than what the comic person thinks fantastic actor great family man great comedian we lost him very very special okay my heart condolences go out to his family uh, to him. Everything, okay? And me and Ted sat down just right before we started recording, and we just banged out a quick list, top ten list of Robin Williams movies. We didn't get to put them in order just because there's, I mean, there's too many good ones in here. Um,
1: and uh, and we're just going to rattle off that list. I'm going to want you to give me this list. Yep. And you said no particular order, nah, right? yeah, no particular order. Then... If this is our definitive list, yeah, it between is. the th- is th- is Eric and Ted's ice cream, social definitive list of the top. Wild hogs is not on there. Uh, that's all right. Yeah. So I, I'm out. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now, uh, as long as the first words, audio mouth are Goodwill hunting. Yes, it, it, it is.
2: <clears throat> his, his role in that movie was, was phenomenal. I remember when I first watched it, I was, it's kind of a little bit awestruck, and I've seen some of his great movies sure. and in his, and his dramatic so This wasn't the first one he No, did. it wasn't. Not even close. But his performance was phenomenal. He won an Oscar for it. Um, goosebumps when you hear this dude talk. Um, yeah, because so, it sounds so, like everybody we know. I- exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah He seriously. did a great, great
1: Boston accent. Yeah, this guy's, um, he's from yeah, Detroit.
2: Yep, from Detroit. Yep. Yeah. And, <laughs> and cuts no. his teeth in the yeah. San
1: Francisco and LA comedy scene. Yep. And he comes back here Spot and is able to accurate. say, you yep. know, yep. my wife farts when she's yep. nervous. Yeah. And sounds like me saying yep. that exact thing. Yeah, well, thing. he didn't butcher it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people butcher oh, it. Oh, it gets bad. No.
2: So, so I'm going to start with Goodwill Hunting. God. Um, and, uh, movie called Awakenings mm-hmm. with Robert De Niro. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously Good morning Vietnam. <laughs> we started our show. And- yeah, we did. So yeah. so if you recognize that, good ear. Um Dead Poet Society, my captain, my captain. Mm-hmm. What a performance in that. And uh, my one of my childhood favorites, Hook. I mean, it just yeah. for me that that was a fantastic movie. You can't help but feel like a, a little kid again when you watch that movie. And
1: I got a couple of years on you, too, and that was generationally speaking. It was a few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It definitely it went, uh, went to people of all ages,
2: yeah. if you will. Um, and a uh, very, what I find, underrated movie, and Ted backed me up on this one, Death to Smoochie.
1: Oh, my God. it's
2: highly underrated. That was a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, get, you know give it a watch. <laughs> it was and, really good. And
1: be prepared to be... Slightly offended. Yep, and yes. then really, really, really offended, offended. <laughs> and, and and then, then sad because you won't see a movie like that
2: again. Okay. Um. So next one again. This one is is uh, renowned by everybody who's a Robin mm-hmm. Williams fan. Miss Doubtfire. <laughs> what a character. Yeah. What a character created there. That's a timeless movie. That's a classic. Um. The Fisher King. That, that's mm-hmm. you know. That's a great movie. Go watch it. Okay. Fisher King. Uh, and one of his first real shots at a dramatic role, his first real big chance period, mm-hmm. you know, after Mork and Mindy, you know, Mork for yeah. Um is The World According to Garp. Mm-hmm. Fantastic movie. Um, incredible. And and followed closely by Moscow. Uh, Moscow and the Hudson? Yeah, Moscow yeah. and the Hudson. Just... That's, I like your list a lot. I, I we I can't... There's no other movie I could put on that list. That's That's why I say it's our definitive top ten list.
1: So... What I want to make sure I say here, then, is if you say, what's Robin Williams' legacy? And you can point to any number of things. You can point to the, his stand-up. his yeah, the stand-up, the philanthropic yep. work with Comic Relief yep. with uh, oh, yeah. the USO, oh, yeah. with his, his movies. Yep. If I have one wish mm-hmm. for a legacy for him, mm-hmm. I hope that America is able to have an honest conversation now about substance abuse. Yep, depression. Yeah, depression, Yeah, mental illness, mm-hmm. and not make it the taboo subject. No, because he didn't shy away from it. No. Nope. Watch he, some of his interviews. I talk about these movies, but
2: YouTube's out there for a reason. Go and watch some of the interviews that, that he's given over, over the last
1: 25, 30 years, and you'd be amazed at how much he lets you in. And you don't even realize you're there. Yeah. And that might be part of his legacy, too. So we're going to leave you with that. Rest in peace, Robin Williams. This was Eric and Ted's ice cream social.
0: Because it was game six of the World Series? Biggest game in Red Sox history? Yeah, sure. My friends and I had you know, slept out in the sidewalk all night to get tickets. You got tickets? Yep. Day of the game. We're sitting in a bar waiting for the game to start. And in walks this girl. It was an amazing game, though. You know, bottom of the eighth, Carbo tied it up at a 6-6. It went to 12. Bottom of the 12th, in stepped Carlton Fisk. All Pudge. Steps up to the plate. You know, he's got that weird stand. Yeah, yeah. And then, boom! He clocks it, you know. High, high ball on the left field line. 35,000 people on their feet. Yelling at the ball, but that's not consistent. He's waving at the ball like a madman. Yeah, going, get <laughs> get over, Get over, Get over! And then it hits a foul pole. How oh, he goes? Yeah, it. No, and 35,000 fans, you know, they charge the field, you oh, know? See, and he's blue. fucking no, he's Get on Get away, gentlemen! It's that fucking game. Yeah. Did you rush the field? Yeah, no, I didn't rush the fucking field. I wasn't there. What a wonderful. What? No, I was in a bar having a drink with my future wife. I see skies of blue and clouds of white. The bright blessed day, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself. What a wonderful word. The colors of the rainbow So pretty in the sky Are also on the faces Of people going by I see friends shaking hands I watch them grow, they like much more than I ever knew, and I think to myself what a wonderful world. Yes, I think to myself. What a wonderful...